We start the show with a News Talk exclusive because we got a survey carried out by Amorok Research and this is the first of many looking at the issues that pertain to people's day-to-day lives and where we're kicking off with is transport. So if you're in the car or the bus or the train or all of the above and you have any views on the challenges of dealing with the daily commute, do feel free to get in touch. Meanwhile, our reporter Josh Crosby is going to walk us through the findings. Josh, what did the survey discover? Well, there's a lot of frustration out there, Anton, from users of all different modes of transport. So 1,200 people over the age of 18 were asked from right across the country. Now, to get straight into it, where better to start than at costs? So most of those asked, 72% to be precise, don't want the government to continue with the excise duty increases on fuel. So car owners are not happy with the bump in prices on the four courts and these prices are set to rise again on the 1st of September, petrol will go up 7 cent and 5 cent for diesel and then on the 31st of October, rates will be fully restored and with an increase of 8 cent for petrol and 6 cent for diesel. The survey found people in Dublin are more likely to be in favour of excise duties than those in rural Ireland, 22% compared to 15 but you also have the likes of toll prices on the way. They're going up from the 1st of July, so only days away from now. So something for GA fans travelling to Crow Park at the weekend to keep in mind. But when we look at users of public transport then, something that struck me was that even if public transport was free, more people would still not give up their car compared to those who would. So 47% said they still wouldn't ditch the car if public transport was free. 41% said they would and 13% said they didn't know. And just a note on that, the younger you are, the more likely you are to take up the free transport with more than half of under 35 saying they would. So even if it was free and for nothing, you could just walk on and jump on the bus, people would still, nearly half of people would still say, nope, I'm going to drive mm-hmm. and incur all the hassle that goes with Okay, so prices at the pump, still not a, an overwhelming love affair for public transport. How do car owners there, given the commitment that you're showing to the car, do they think they're getting a fair deal? Well, when it comes to the road networks and infrastructure, 6 in 10 want to see more motorways built. 8 in 10 want to see more road upgrades. Well, more men want to see motorways being developed than women. But 30% of those asked believe Ireland is anti-car. Now, this is something I don't think many cyclists and pedestrians would agree with. But on this question, if Ireland is anti-car, those living in rural Ireland were more leaning towards this belief and, than those living in Dublin. And look, this is what we hear from rural politicians who are, who are on this programme and across News Talk every day. More people rely on their car in the country. So I suppose it's a given car owners outside of urban areas would have a stronger stance on that question. But interestingly and surprisingly, in a way, more under 35s believe Ireland is anti-car compared to any other age group asked. And this stuck out to me because, look, Younger generations, they're more aware of the environment, they're more inclined to go for EVs, take up free public transport, but they still think the country is more anti-car than those who are older than them. So does that does that come back to insurance they're being quoted? It'd be interesting to hear from the listeners on that. So all in all, people want improvements to existing services and some incentives to leave their cars at home. I've been meeting with both taxi drivers and those waiting at bus stops to hear different views on the state of Ireland's transport system. I asked this woman how often she uses public transport. But it would only be if I'm coming up into town to meet friends, yeah. maybe, or doing something in the city that I take the bus in. Or yeah, what, what would yeah. entice you to use public transport more often? If it felt a bit safer, to be honest, as a woman travelling on your own, sometimes on the public transport, you can feel a little bit unsafe. If there was more kind of staff actually on the buses, trains, and the Lewis, you'd feel a little bit safer. I think. Now the timetables are not great. To be fair. They're grand coming into work, but going home, they're never really on time. You can't trust the time on the, the bus timetable thing, even on your app. It says it's coming in five minutes, then it's two minutes, then it goes up to maybe 20 minutes. So, you know, so what does it force you to do, or how do you commute? 
Well, I started taking the car back into town, even though it's awkward driving into town, but I have a parking space in here, so. So you used to use me. public transport, yeah. and then you got back using the car again? Yeah. What's the one area you think they should invest in when it comes to public transport, or should it be free, should they focus on the buses, the light rails? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. If they were on time, it would be a big thing for me, but they're not. We need more enforcement of the regulations, like I've got a credit card machine here, and I get people coming back all the time, stand the guy in front of me doesn't take credit card. Taxi drivers themselves refuse them various places. And why do you think some taxi drivers are not accepting card? Could be, could be a tax tax thing. You don't want to, don't want anything on the books. Just want cash. And this is hybrid, so hybrid, you're, yeah, you're saving yeah, there yeah, as well. Yeah. Would you ever consider going fully electric or? Not this, not this stage. I'm close to retirement, so wouldn't be a wise investment for me. So this car costs about with the Plato brand insurance, fuel, cleaning about 450 euros at the moment. A week. A week. It's a lot of money, yeah, that's the, that's the only problem because and then insurance because I'm a new driver. I'm paying 9,800 a year. Well, there you go, you have a call coming through there. Yeah, I have a call um, coming through. Are you saving much because this is hybrid? Would you ever consider going fully electric? I would go fully electric if there's uh, more availability. That insurance quote, Josh, mm-hmm. 9,800 euro for a year's insurance. But you'd want to be doing a lot of trips before you start to break even on that. So you were talking to people there walking and driving the, the streets of them. What about those who are campaigning for improved public transport? What do they think of the findings? Well, as I mentioned there before we heard that clip, I was taken aback by the lack of people who'd still not opt for public transport, even if it was free. But when I put this to the Dublin Commuter Coalition, it says the fare is not really the main stickler for most people. It's the standard of the service that matters a lot more. And that comes through in the survey as well, with 61% of car owners saying they would be encouraged to give up their car if we had more reliable and frequent public transport. It's the bus network where people want to see the most investment going. So this survey found that when people were asked what method of public transport should be prioritised, 37% said buses, next to the trains with 31%, third is Metrolink with 20%, and then you have 7% wanting more money going towards the Lewis, and just under the Lewis on 6% would be money towards cycling infrastructure. One man who's been monitoring the progress of the state's public transport is Felgin Jose, who's the chairperson of the Dublin Commuter Coalition. It campaigns for improved sustainable mobility. And Felgin says private car use needs to be cut back. We need more investment in buses, rail, Lewis and Irish Rail. A wider network for buses at least, you know, there are a lot of rural areas that are still left out. Now we've seen a big increase in local link usage even, like, which is great, but still have a long way to go. There's a long way to go until almost everyone can get a bus, for a, a frequent bus. So a lot to do on the bus side and then bus connects in Cork and Dublin and Limerick and Waterford and Galway. It's worth bearing in mind that prioritising public transport in cities would result in restrictions for cars. That's the only way to do it. We have a finite amount of space in cities. The only way to make sure buses get through Dublin city centre quickly is to allocate space to buses. And that will mean restrictions on cars. That will mean people in a way, being nudged to get public transport because that space has to come from somewhere. In your ideal world, would it be like a city congestion tax? Would it be only certain service vehicles allowed into the city centre? Definitely prioritise buses, uh, delivery vehicles and blue badge holders. Start deprioritising private vehicles, basically. And that, that is going to speed up buses. That, that's, <laughs> that's the only way to do it. We have a finite amount of space in the city centre. And, and that no kind of brings it. me then to the next question. What about 30% of people thinking that Ireland is anti-car? Do you believe is it anti-car? No, we've invested in roads for, you know, almost exclusively in the be- for the best part of 40 years. We have completely neglected our rail network. Our 
buses, uh, rural buses, are, a lot of people lost their bus service. A lot of rail lines were closed down. That is not a country that's anti-car. That is a country that is very much pro-car and prioritising motorways, dual carriageways and investment in private transport over public transport. As chairperson of the Dublin Commuter Coalition, Felgen Jose, evidently very uh, in uh, strong disagreement with the idea that Ireland is anti-car. Did you speak to anybody with the opposite view, Josh? Was anybody supportive of cars coming into cities? I did, Anton. So, so look, where do most cars go when they come into the city? It's the big multi-storey car parks and access and routes to these car parks are they're all very important for people trying to make them a success or run a profitable business off them. So any talks of pedestrianisation or taking room off the streets for potential customers wouldn't be a top priority for car park operators. And just on cars, an interesting one we put to the public was their thoughts on the NCT. So look, over the past few years, there have been a lot of it, there has been a lot of attention on the waiting lists, but people are still firm believers in the safety aspect of a test so the majority of people 56% don't think we should scrap the NCT 35% say we should Uh, no big difference between car owners and non-car owners on that one but back to the car park operators they do have a good understanding of what drivers want and they know their habits David Cullen is the managing director of Eurocar Parks and is also the director of the Irish Parking Association David says there's a lot more to do before people even consider banning private cars from urban areas the restriction and the increased pedestrianisation of Dublin in particular has had a knock-on effect for slowing people's journeys. Members of the government are forgetting that a car isn't essential for a number of users, whether they are people who are working around the city, going to various meetings. Shoppers is a big one. They represent a big number of drivers after 10 o'clock and people who generally are not fixed in one location for work. You mentioned pedestrianisation there. What do you think of these calls to restrict car movement or deter people from coming into a city centre. I think it actually has a place and I think the, the members of the public would be surprised that the parking industry is not totally anti that but where it is efficient is in cities like London and Manchester where they have a tram service a frequent one where there's an underground we're still waiting for the metro for you know decades at this stage the Lewis is pretty full all the time if there was a subway we're waiting for bus connect so when there is an efficient public transport system available then I think that's the time to make the move forward to restrictions but until it's available I think we're jumping the gun. The restrictions now whether they would be considering congestion charters or they're looking at a number of options it, it is just too early we, we don't have the infrastructure ready to pick up the pieces we're just decades away from that we traditionally have the streets aren't well designed to take public transport so there's a lot of work yet to be done. What would you like to see being done to improve the transport experience for all For us in the industry, having accessibility and grants to assist the introduction of EV charging points, that's a huge, huge factor. There just aren't nowhere near enough. They're very, very expensive to provide and very expensive to provide in multi-storey car parks, etc. We had a commitment from the Minister, uh, Mr Ryan, last year that he would look into it didn't actually go anywhere. Do you envisage a day in the not-so-distant future where you will have car parks all kitted out with chargers? Very much so. We have introduced a lot of EV charging points into our own car parks. Supply of electricity to the car parks is actually a bigger issue than the actual points itself, and that's where we're hoping for some government grant aid, which isn't forthcoming, so that's delaying that. Well, that's Director of Irish Parking Association, David Cullen. Just picking up, Josh, on what David was saying there at the end, this being the rise of EVs and the current infrastructure, how numbered are the days of petrol and diesel or are we really ready for it? 
Well, it comes back to what David finished on, and that's grants and supports like the like the retrofitting of homes. It's the same when it comes to purchasing a car. Not everyone goes out to buy a brand new car. Not many can afford it. So there needs to be some carrot there. When those who were asked the question, if the cost of running an electric vehicle was reduced substantially, would that make you more likely to buy an electric car? Six in ten said they would be more likely to purchase one. And interestingly, we hear a lot about infrastructure when it comes to charging points. There is an urban-rural split on this with those living in Dublin more inclined to opt for to consider purchasing an EV compared to those in Munster, Connacht or Ulster and more men than women said yes to this also. But in terms of sales, the Society of the Irish Motor Industry told me there are currently around 86,000 EVs in total on Irish roads. It expects this to reach to 100,000 by the end of the year but Anton, it's back to the grants again. So come July 1st, the maximum grant buyers will be able to receive will be three and a half grand. That's been reduced from 5,000. So it'll be interesting to see the June sales figures. I've been told they will be disproportionately high which is to be expected. I went down to the SAMI's head office this afternoon and met with Director General Brian Cook. I started off hearing from Brian on the main challenges facing drivers and dealers, but Brian says he wants to see the grants for EVs extended out to at least the end of 2025. The increased costs, fuel costs are increasing for those driving electric vehicles, electric vehicle costs are increasing, the cost of manufacturing cars is also increasing, so that all feeds into the actual cost of buying a new or used car. And then when we talk about the members that you represent, so those who are in the business of selling vehicles, what are the challenges facing the market? Well, I think that the big challenge is the whole climate change agenda. So we need to sell more new vehicles. And that has been a challenge, you know, with COVID and with Brexit and everything like that. So we are starting to see a move to lower emitting combustion engine vehicles, to hybrid vehicles, and most particularly to electric vehicles. And I suppose the big challenge for the industry is to try and deliver as many low and zero emitting vehicles into the national fleet over the next decade. By the end of this year, we'll probably have 100,000 electric vehicles between electric, fully electric and plug-in electric vehicles on the road by the end of this year. But we need to double that number over between 2024 and 2025 to meet the government's targets. You mentioned the targets. Is the government doing enough to incentivise motorists to go electric? And what do you want to see being done to ensure continued growth? Well, I, I think to date, I think the government should be complimented on the supports they've given to the electric vehicle project. But from the 1st of July, the grants are going to be decreased. From the 1st of January next year, the signal is is that benefit in kind for company car electric vehicles drivers is going to be increased. So what we would say is they need to extend the lifetime of the grants. They need to extend the lifetime of any incentive for electric vehicles. They are their targets. They're hugely ambitious targets. So if we want to get close to them, we need the supports in place for as long as possible and we need a taxation environment that actually supports people to change up to a newer less emitting car and ultimately up to a fully electric vehicle of the Irish motor industry Brian Cook uh, talking to our reporter Josh Crosby on the first of those News Talk Amoric research surveys this one of course looking at transport and there will be others uh, in the coming weeks and months